Greg Dutcher sitting across from me. Greg, how are you doing tonight? Doing really, really great, Nathan. Feeling good. Um, I just love the guests we've been having recently and uh, mm-hmm. look forward to tonight. Yeah, tonight's no exception, um, especially after last week having Faraz on. This yeah. is um, having uh, the two people that we have on tonight is going to be so important to understanding um, the heart of the gospel. Absolutely. Um, but before we get to that, actually, kind of a good lead into that. Mm-hmm. The heart of the gospel is grace. Um, we've had several emails uh, asking us um, and, and even people commenting on whether or not we were going to make uh, remarks or comments on the recent um, unveiling of things going on with Tully and Javidian. Right. Um, can I just say first and foremost, <clears throat> we had the man on the podcast. It was a fantastic time. Yeah. We're not BFFs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we love Tully and let me just put that on the table. We love him. We are praying for him. Um, but we're still not at the point where we're the guys who are the go-tos to be discussing the things that are going on in his private life. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for those of you who have more detailed questions about things like that, um, it, it's not us, Yeah. Um, right. you know, just, just putting that out there. Uh, the second thing I want to say is, uh, for us on these go to 11, grace is very much a real part of this podcast and what we're about. Mm-hmm. And we want to be just so mindful and sensitive at showing love and grace and compassion to Tully. And during this time, we are praying for him. Um, we are in very loose communication with him. Mm-hmm. But um, again, we're not we're not BFFs. We're not you know constantly there. Hey, you know how you doing? We we're, we're sending him encouragements. We're sending him uh, you know just notes, letting him know that we are praying for him, um, that we are thinking of him, and um, you know we want to say to people out there just very unashamedly that what we wanted to talk to him about when he was on was his theology with grace, yeah, which is. Fantastic. I I don't know that. And and I say this with all confidence. I don't know that we can find anyone on the planet who can so articulate God's grace the way that he does in such an impactful and insightful way. And to be quite honest, if this report had come out, um, you know, two days before he came on, we still would have had him on because we still wanted to be able to talk to him about his theology and about grace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with that said, um, again, please just um, be mindful, be respectful of the fact that there are people in his life who are helping him through this time, who are counseling him through this time. Uh, we're not it. Uh, as far as I know, most of our listeners aren't it, mm-hmm. if any of our listeners are it. Um, so just keep those things in mind as you write posts and make comments and, and all those things out there on social media. Yeah. Greg, anything you wanted to add? No, I think you, you said it really well, Nathan. I mean, I could add one or two very quick things. One, just to, uh, the detail for people that know, um, cause I'm with you had, had this come out prior to, we always wanted to talk to Tully and the man, mm-hmm. uh, not the pastor, um, the, uh, a man who has spoken eloquently, written eloquently on grace, Agree. Tremendous gifting. I mean, the three of us that night, because uh, uh, Steve Hartland was with us. Yeah. I mean, when that when we stopped the tape, so to speak, we talked to him another you know, 10, 15 minutes yeah. by phone, had some really uh, just fun, encouraging uh, back and forth. And then um, as we were walking out of here, I think we were all affected yeah. 
tremendous gifting yeah. to really swim in grace mm-hmm. uh, verbally as he uh, you just unpacked the gospel. And uh, now, you know, for him to do that in a participatory way in mm-hmm. his life uh, yep. with those, as you well said, Nathan, are there. So the only thing that would have kept that podcast from happening if it had come out a couple of days before, which is just a slight nuance to what you said, mm-hmm. our hearts would have been right there, would have been the time he needed exactly. uh, to personally walk through it, yeah. which is, um, you know, only God knows. Um, just to say, we did reach out to him, as you said, Nathan, uh, had a little back and forth with him um, just to say, look, we don't need to know because, again, we're not the people in his life. Yeah. We, we really just met him. Uh, in whatever way meeting over the airwaves means. Mm-hmm. Um, I did reach out to Kevin Laby, his pastor, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, we didn't ask for any details, just to let him know uh, that we connected on Twitter and some things recently. Uh, and he just said, yeah, please encourage, pray, um, and that sort of thing. And I guess we're, we're probably going to do an upcoming podcast at some point this summer. We've talked mm-hmm. about on social media yeah, and, um, have a person with a pretty well-known anonymous Twitter account in our circles. We won't give that away for now. And, um, it'll be fun to talk about, uh, anonymous Twitter accounts, mm-hmm. Facebook accounts, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between. But one thing I think we all realize is man, social media can turn, um, cowards, yeah. Uh, into uh, champions, uh, and I speak myself. I know the safety of sitting on a couch with my MacBook in my lap, and oh, I can say whatever I want about mm-hmm. whatever I want about things I know little of. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everybody listening, you and I, Nathan, looking at each other, uh, do man, uh, we're all part of the same train wreck. Yeah. Do I want my sins thrown out there yeah. for everybody to uh, comment on very casually, very flippantly? Of course not. And I would just say, trust that the people yeah. are in his life to walk him through what he needs to walk. So, uh, And that's really, for the time being, that chapter is loosely closed. Yeah, uh, Who knows what God may do in mm-hmm. his life mm-hmm. uh, if there's ever a time to talk again. That's all his business. Right. Our main uh, concern is that he gets ministered to and walks through exactly. this process. So I think that's about it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we're not even going to have a smooth transition. Nope. We're just going to nope. jump right into it. Um, we yes, have- I will say I uh, was uh, chewing my leftover cookie. And speaking of chew. <laughs> oh! Oh, yeah, he did it! Woo, successful transition. Not really. That was horrible. That was terrible. We may need to edit that. <laughs> that might later. have to come out. No, we'll leave it in. That's what we do. Leave in the authentic marks of my absurdity. Take it away, Nathan. Um, we have James and Christina Shu who are um, here with us from Southeast Asia. And um, But you are uh, both missionaries. Um, you're interested in going back to the mission field. And we just we want to give our listening audience a chance to get to know you all and get to know your heart and your passion um, for the Asian culture, for the Asian people. Um, and so we just want to give you guys an opportunity to give your testimony because it's just, uh, it is so um, awesome. I, I got to listen to it um, about a month ago um, and just was really blessed in hearing it. And um, so, you know, we're going to let you guys go ahead and just um, tell your story. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for having us here. Very Absolutely. Excited. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Nate mentioned, that uh, I'm actually uh, grew up, I was born and grew up in China. 
uh, a close atheist country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, by that means, you know, growing up, I really don't know any Christian or see a Bible in all, my own language. Um, so it make really interesting when I ran into a white dude from Virginia mm-hmm. uh, when I when I first year of college and uh, so he shared a gospel with me uh, with very scary little red booklet of four spiritual laws yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it just confused me because you know growing up uh, I respect the authority my teachers my parents uh, the government you know I believe there's no God uh, yeah but, but that dude really challenged me, you know, I, he, he believed in God and he believed, you know, that's the meaning uh, of, you know, that's the, really a way to live out a meaningful life to know God. Um, so it took me a long time to really understand that and, um, you know, just struggling with my own, um, my own reasons, you know. And yeah, uh, but he challenged me one thing is to read the Bible for myself. You mm-hmm. know? Like I mentioned, I never see a Bible before. So the first time I got a Bible with a uh, Chinese copy, I can read it in my own language. Uh, it's just amazing to see uh, what Jesus has done uh, in the four gospel. And, uh, but I don't know how uh, I want to be involved with this Christianity thing personally. But not until uh, when I read a uh, book of Romans. So at the first chapter... Uh, at the end of the first chapter, Paul was listing out a laundry list of sins. Mm-hmm. And I was reading in my dormitory, and I was alone in, in, in the room in late afternoon. Like it was pretty dark outside. And when I was reading it, I just felt, wow, some of the things I, I've done, and how this guy from 2,000 years ago know everything I've done before. <laughs> wow. And uh, I just feel really shame about it, because mm-hmm. uh, shame is a big thing in the Asian culture. Um, and some of the things I have done it, but... Just to be honest, you know, uh, if it will benefit me, I probably will do it. Um, so the Holy Spirit really convicted me through reading, you know, um, uh, Book of Romans. And about a week after that, that white dude from uh, JMU, actually, um, he invited me to watch a movie called Jesus Film, yeah. also in my language. It was an old movie, not mm-hmm. a typical American movie I will watch. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, at the end of the movie, I feel really moved to seeing Jesus down on the cross and resurrected for me so I can choose to live a different life, have a yeah. different king of my life. Uh, it's just so fresh of challenge and invitation to, to my life. And I accept, uh, accept it. And uh, that's how I became Christian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I just have to ask, James, so here you are. Yeah. Uh, how old are you when, you when you first met? I love it. What you call him? The white dude from yeah. JMU. Yeah. Uh, that was first year college, 2007. I was 18. So you were yeah. 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just curious, that time where yeah. you just didn't believe in God, yeah. did you ever in your childhood, your adolescence, mm. lay in bed at night, wonder about... death what's after did you have those kind of thoughts yeah i think uh in chinese culture currently we really focus on economic growth Mm -hmm. uh because since 1980 uh we grow rapidly economically so we kind of focus on how to live a good life right now how to enjoy now Mm -hmm. not to think about kind of uh life after death um yeah kind of annoying you know put aside Mm -hmm. and not worry about it so much yep uh, yeah, that's that's how how I felt back then. Yeah, wow. yeah, I learned about Jesus from history books, but but all negative things. Gotcha. Know, from uh, the nineteenth century, uh, British kind of brought in the opium and mm-hmm. missionaries. 
to <laughs> our to our cities at the same time. <laughs> so that's that's my idea, you know. Jesus yes. come to my country with the opium, with yeah. the drug, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a drug dealer. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's the guilt by association thing at that yeah. point, right? When they yeah. come in simultaneously, right? Uh, yeah. So that's that's incredible. Your friend uh, from JMU, did he? Yeah. Um, was he sharing the gospel with you in yeah. Mandarin? Was he doing that in English? Yeah, he's trying to do bilingually, uh-huh. um, but it wasn't so long after uh, he he came to my country. Um, so most of all, the material was bilingually, so I can read it at the same time. Yeah, he tried to explain to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Mm. So cool. Yeah. Christina, tell us a little bit about your story and background. Yeah. How did I? <clears throat> Um, How did I meet this Chinese guy? Um, I am an ABC, so American-born Chinese. Mm -hmm. Um, Grew up actually in Queens, New York, and moved to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Family lives in Perry Hall now, and um, I never would have imagined um, being a missionary, um, let alone in China. Um, Being Chinese, actually growing up, I... Um, I didn't want to be Chinese. I um, wanted to be really American. Mm. Um, My parents are actually from India, so I was really confused growing up if I was Chinese, Indian, or American. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I even wanted to be African-American when I was younger growing up. But over the years, as God has drawn me to himself, um, he's grown my heart for the Chinese people and the Chinese culture. Um, I didn't become a Christian and hear the full gospel until my sophomore year of college um, at the University of Maryland College Park. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, I, I heard about God, um, had been to church before, but I don't think I've ever heard about the relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ and um confessing my sin and repenting and asking him to be um, the Lord of my life and um, my Savior. Mm. So growing up, I think I've just seen in my life a theme of going all in to different things. And when I was younger, it was all in trying to please God um, by being the perfect um, perfect person, perfect daughter, perfect student. And mm. same thing with my parents, trying to please them. Um, but of course, no one can be perfect. So I was never good enough. Um, going into high school in a new place after just moving, I went all into making, living to make myself known, um, trying to strive to be popular, well-liked and, um, just known. So got into every kind of extracurricular activity, lacrosse, track and field, morning announcements, drama, marching band, vice president of my class there, it goes on and on, um, and actually wanted to be the homecoming queen of the school, but thought it was a dream until my senior year came and I was voted homecoming queen. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I made a name for myself. But that only lasted about a week. Uh-huh. Um, all the fame and glory were, was over. And I I realized I needed to find something else to go all into. And going into college, that was the party scene. Um, so alcohol, drugs, relationships, all of that, um, and trying to find life in there. Um, but just so many, um, so many nights of feeling lost and truly empty and, and, um, really seeking life, um, trying to find where full abundant life was and meaning in life, longing, acceptance, and being loved. And it wasn't until I met um, 
met a group of people on campus um, with crew or campus crusade for Christ that, um, that, that I saw for the first time a community of people who read their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Mine was always on the shelf at home um, who loved Jesus and who genuinely knew and loved each other. Um, and I was attracted to that community. Um, eventually it was, it took people, crew staff and friends sharing the gospel with me and me myself coming face to face with, um, the reality that I was living for myself, mm. um, where I realized that um, I was always going to come up empty and not satisfied and I would never be good enough unless I trusted in Jesus as mm-hmm. my Lord and Savior. So I, um, after wrestling with that, trusted in Him. Um, and instead of living to make myself known, um, I'm now trying to live my life um, to make Christ known. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. I just, I'm hoping that people listening in, I, I had the privilege of hanging out with these guys earlier today um, at my other office, Dunkin' Donuts. And, it was, uh, and you guys will testify, I didn't eat a donut. Right? This is for, that's for you, Lisa. Accountability. I did not eat a donut. I just drank coffee. And it was less than an hour and just so enjoyed hearing you guys, your spirit, your, your transparency. Um, and again, I'm just just want to say I, I, I'm really hoping people are enjoying uh, what we're hearing tonight, what we will hear, as I did um, uh, earlier today. Um, interesting thoughts. Am I right on this, James? It sounds to me, which is I'm going to comment here in general on conversion among younger people today, that um, Christina seems like she may have been converted to community first, hmm. which is common. It was your experience that you were converted to Christ first and then community second? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, I think mainly because the environment of ministry in, in China, because it's a closed country, every um, ministry has to be underground. Yes. So, uh, for example, if I share gospel with someone on campus, I cannot introduce him to the community right away. Yeah. Because we don't know... Uh, what is his true intention? Yeah, uh, and then it happened before someone uh, was sent by the government yeah. to actually investigate what we are learning from the Bible uh, and report back to the professor and and uh, the government officer. So that yeah, that could be the one reason. Yeah, um, yeah. So it has to be like take it slow, uh, but. I think uh, just think about our ministry. We do want to connect people into the community as soon as possible. Sure, of course. Uh, not just campus, uh, the, the same age of young people, uh, believers gathering together as a fellowship, but also to the local church uh, in our context, which is uh, underground house churches, mm-hmm. um, to help them connect with different uh, you know, people with different life stage. Mm-hmm. And they can uh, learn from variety of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, yeah. and that's sort of a good setup because you two eventually would meet right in a community type setting. Exactly. Which you shared earlier. Yeah. Tell us e- either of you how yeah. how you two met, and I want to hear who digged the other person first. <laughs> that's a really that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I can start and you can add in. Sure, things, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so after, I guess, continuing my story, um, after I was um, growing in in um, my relationship with Christ, it was just a rocky journey, um, running away from the Lord and then um, coming back and seeing that I wanted to follow the Lord anywhere he called me mm-hmm. to and do whatever he called me to do. Um, and that ended up um, with me hearing a calling from the Lord um, my senior year of college. Um 
changing all of my future plans and mm. going, t- putting it on, on break and going to China wow. um, for a year, short term. And at that time, really thought it was short term. Um, and then when I went there, just saw so much fruit um, on the missions field. Mm. Um, even in the first year, I was praying for a couple girls to come to Christ, um, but saw 15 girls come to faith. Wow. Um, so I wanted to stay there longer and went back a second year to serve. Um, and that year, James and I were on the same missions team. Gotcha. Um, so I was serving on his campus. Um, and then as they say in the Chinese culture, um, out of nowhere, one day, James started to confess his love for me. Wow. <laughs> it took a longer time, I think, for God to work in my heart because many yeah. other friends of mine who are serving there, they're trying to make decisions to whether they could continue to serve as missionaries overseas mm-hmm. for the next couple years. Um, and for me, that was like a lifetime decision wow. to make at that time. Yeah, that was wow. my best recruitment in terms of long-term yeah. mission, yeah. also yeah. as my long-term uh, lifetime partner, absolutely, yeah. and the best surprise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think I see who digged who first. Then. We, got that one. we got that one right. See, Nathan, I can't relate to that because our wives just saw us, and that was it. Right. <laughs> I mean, instantaneous. Love that first sight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. I was going to say, Joy, yeah, Joy would have to tell you the story. <laughs> yeah, right, right. There's I, another side to it. Yes, there is very, very much so. But So you did, James. You took the initiative first. You, you, let, yeah. you let her know, hey, Christina, I've noticed you. Yeah, in our language, we call it DTR, define a relationship. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Good so. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, I try to build a relationship with Christina in the team setting or a group of friendship, you know, with yeah. other friends. Um, but it was hard because uh, being a missionary is a small community. You yeah. don't let other people what you do or who you really are. Uh, so I remember um, the beginning of her second year uh, mission to China, and I invited her to a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually a British uh, pop singer, James Blunt. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, You're beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know James yeah, Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down with the young people's music, man. You should sing a little. Yeah. <laughs> I could, but Nathan would take it out. So why even try, right? Yeah. but We'd lose listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we know from experience. Yeah. So it was our, our kind of first... Uh, going on date, but actually, uh, it ended with other, more other uh, t- other teammates joining us because we don't want to just spend you know one on one time uh, alone too much. Yeah. Uh, but it was good that you know the whole group of people in in, in the concert center they will they will they will scream, James, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah maybe that idea kind of planted yeah. <laughs> in her mind and somewhere. You know, but but it take yeah. take time, uh take take time for Christina actually uh notice me. Yeah. I think after uh, maybe another six months, um just being on the same team, working together, evangelism Discipleship, discipleship with uh, uh, other students as a teammate, you know, uh, just really get to know each other. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, I don't even think I asked you today. When did you guys get married? Uh, when? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two and a half years ago. So August 17, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
And uh, by the way, I wish we could just show you their baby, my soul, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Little very, so yeah. adorable. She is. My yeah. Nine months. Real at the, cutie. At the time we are uh, uh, recording this. I want to just kind of uh, interject you guys. We can relate to your homecoming thing because um, – Nathan, you were voted uh, homecoming jester, weren't you? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, sounds yeah, about right. Was, was right. You know, they passed him on King, uh, Prince, Waterboy, but jester was open, and you took. And it. I got it. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, that's that's awesome. I had asked you guys earlier, and I just love to get your your thoughts on this. Now, you guys, Lord willing, are are uh, going to be serving with crew. Yeah. Um, and it's you know I'm still getting used to that. I told you guys earlier I was in. Campus Crusade for Christ, late 80s, early 90s at Towson uh, here in Maryland. So I'm still getting used to crew. But um, in Southeast Asia, we're not going to say exactly where uh, and keep that kind of um, uh, quiet, but somewhere in that that general region. Uh, Love to get your your thoughts. I'm overgeneralizing here, and you guys nuance it as you will, on uh, the typical mindset. You've given us a little of yours James, is there a typical mindset of um, uh, folks in that region of the world when they think about Jesus, they think about Christianity? Hmm. Talk to us about some of that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I already mentioned earlier, uh, they just thought it's a Western religion. Mm-hmm. It's from their culture and uh, it has some negative history um, between the relationship. Uh, with West and East, mm-hmm. uh, like the open world uh, I mentioned with British government and Qing dynasty. Um, and second part is um, the modern Chinese culture really emphasize on economic growth. Mm-hmm. So we see in American uh, and other Western country, uh, we we appreciate their their, uh, their 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 wealth. Yeah, and and just really think maybe religion somehow has some relationship with this development interesting yeah um so that will be um some two like typical ideas um most of eastern asian will consider uh about american uh but at the same time uh just the gospel of jesus christ is so fresh to uh, most of east asian because uh they ne- most of them they were never heard of before mm-hmm. uh compared to uh, Eastern Asian culture, we, our value is to perform well. You earn other people's approval and yes, love. Yes. But that's the opposite of gospel. Right. So when we preach that kind of gospel, it's surprising. Uh, and also, and sometimes it could be offensive, but uh, to, to many people, it's just such a fresh, great news. It's literally great news to them. They don't have to work hard, perform well. To wow. earn love and approve of other people because Jesus Christ, we are accepted and loved by God. So wow. that's an amazing uh, message, particularly to Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Now, um, Christina, tell us a little bit about um, falling in love with the Asian people. and Because you said initially, um, I think, I don't know if you said it on this podcast, but I know when we talked... Um, you said you were a little reluctant and apprehensive. So what, what kind of drew you and, and caused you to fall in love and, and want to go back to minister to the people? Hmm. Um, I think that it was really just the openness and the friendliness of the people um, in 
Anastasia when I got to the missions field and got to meet them um, and start conversations with them. I knew that um, going as a missionary, um, I thought about myself being Chinese and my background and just how I didn't get to hear the gospel um, until my sophomore year of college. So I thought, how much less of a chance do those people have who, um, overseas? And um, especially that that could have been me, you know. So going to build relationships with um, other people uh, who have less of, less of a chance, I think, just gave me more compassion um, for them and especially for um, – East Asian girls and just as I was sharing my life story um, and meeting God and just seeing him really transform my life I like I would often hear the response from them like why didn't anyone ever tell me this before mm-hmm. um, and I was just really broken for them that um, I had a chance to hear and they didn't um, and then also just the um, I think being in East Asia is just as a missionary, you you get kind of the freedom to be very awkward, I think, because mm-hmm. um, you're in a new culture. It's not your own. They don't really know your culture. Um, just say whatever you want, and you get to be open and real and not worry so much. Mm-hmm. And I think we get to build these fun relationships and be creative and connect in, in new ways. And, yeah, that really grew my heart to learn about um, my own culture and, and their culture, um, yeah, and start to... Um, appreciate it more than I ever have. Wow. Well, uh, I'll stay with you, Christina, on this, because when we talked earlier today, I don't know if you explicitly said this. Here's my impression, that you are at peace with the possibility that God may have you there for the rest of your life. Yes. Um, Just what encouragement that is, because I'm sure many people listening in who have contemplated missionary service, prayed about it, and some... You know, I've done it short term, some longer, some not at all, that a huge question for people is, wow, could I leave uh, the thing that I love, the places that I love? So I'm sure growing up in this general area, uh, you've got your favorite places, um, you know, favorite places to go, things to do, etc. And, uh, you know, full well, that may be a diminishing and eventually non-existent part of your life. Mm-hmm. Just, Just talk to us about that. What uh, what do you think's happened to you? What has changed where you feel, wow, I really could leave all that? Yeah. Yeah, like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Chick-fil-A sauce. It's, it's, you know what? Target. Part of it, Nathan and I, um, as you guys can see, have some leftover Chick-fil-A stuff here that we selfishly did not share with our wonderful guests. But they're just Coke cups now. So, uh, yeah, I cannot deny what I was saying, favorite places. In my mind, Chick-fil-A and Starbucks are like exploding into my mind, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah great, great example. Yeah, well um – I've been serving as a missionary for about five years now. Mm-hmm. So every time I go overseas, I miss the same things. Sure. Um, in addition to delicious fast food, uh, I think my family and friends. But food-wise, I think I've realized every time I come back and I'm ready for this big feast, um, I finish it in like 10 minutes and then, oh, it's over. You know, yeah, it's not right, truly right. satisfying right. to my soul. Yeah. And, um so in that sense, many of the things that I love about living in America and what's comfortable, um, I just, 
I'm thankful for the the privilege God gives me to not hold on too tightly to those things. Wow. Because um, it can become a temptation to love those more than Him, yeah. and they won't really satisfy. Um, leaving family and friends that is the hardest part. Yeah. Um, but I've come to peace to know that. Um, it just proves that I need to, t- it takes work to build relationships and you can have them, um, overseas as well. And, um, even as I try to witness and love my family and friends, um, what else could show them how real Jesus is to me and how the gospel has truly transformed my life other than following the will of God, mm-hmm. um, and being where he wants me to be because there are people that, um, don't get to know him because they don't know anyone else who knows him. Um, yeah. So I think I get this intimacy, um, with the Lord, um, just knowing that I'm doing exactly what he wants me to do mm-hmm. and living and maybe dying one day for, for this cause. Wow. It's not easy. Um, but it draws me closer to him each day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So exciting. James, talk to us a little bit about, um, going going back home for you what is what does that mean for you in in being able to relate to your people and and share Mm -hmm. the message with your people yeah i think our situation is very unique because usually um missionaries going to a different culture cross-culturally to reach out to people Mm -hmm. who have different religion language and culture background from them uh Part of our story is true because for Christina, she's crossing culture. But for me, I'm reaching out my own people because um, that was part of my testimony, actually, how God called me to full-time ministry because I'm thinking because this um, American they, uh, this American guy uh, take the risk to uh, cross culturally to, to my country and I get to hear about gospel. But how about other people that from my culture – I, of course, have the responsibility to reach out to them. And um, the benefit, the advantage uh, of me reaching out to them, I don't have the culture or language barrier. Mm-hmm. and share the same culture struggle and know how gospel uh, specifically speak to these culture issues. Mm. Uh, so it makes it uh, easier for me to do a, a deeper discipleship mm-hmm. and skip years of language study and culture study compared to other missionaries. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a benefit. Um, I think at the same time, um, just thinking about how East Asia opportunity and challenges are so, so big. And I feel like, uh, Chinese churches need to, uh, need to really step up to, uh, help fulfill the Great Commission, but as Chinese national, I'm already in the Chinese churches, so I'm not an outsider. Mm-hmm. So I can uh, really uh, be in the church and speak to the church to mobilize my own people to go to the unreached people group in East Asia uh, and and beyond in the 1040 window. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Um, I asked you this earlier, and I think our audience would would find it interesting, James. Um, for years now. I've gotten more interested in this in recent years, but I have seen American politicians of all stripes and, and party affiliation um, sort of be paraded through China on a tour. Uh, so I'm not trying to make this a political issue because, I, again, I've seen it on both sides. But I've seen presidents, senators, congresspeople that have said um, the uh, state of the Christian church in China is well because they've been given the guided tour 
mm-hmm. of the national state mm-hmm. church in mm-hmm. China. Yeah. And just you shared some of your thoughts with me earlier, but just let us know your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, our, our government want to show the international world that we do have religious freedom. Mm-hmm. So in some place, uh, we do have the state church and they have the building uh, sometimes funded by the government. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there's uh, control. Uh, it, has, it has to be each church, has to, the leadership has to be controlled by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, some topic, uh, they will... Uh, uh, they will ban the preacher to speak about, mm-hmm. for example, uh, the end time, Jesus' second coming, mm-hmm. things like that. And they want to choose the things more aligned with uh, the communist ideology. Mm-hmm. And um, so that make, um evangelicals like us hard to work with them yes because we want to faithful to the bible mm-hmm. i want to faithful to the truth at the same time uh we don't agree that uh, a state should be uh part of the leadership of any church because mm-hmm. the bible said very clear christ should be the, uh, the the head of the church yes and so that's another issue you know how What's our the, theolo- theology on, on church? How do we uh, operate church? Yes. That's an important issue. Uh, so mostly our ministry working with underground house churches. Mm-hmm. So they, they have the freedom to uh, be faithful as much as they can to the Bible. Yes. But at the same time, because they are not aligned with the government, they face persecution. Yes. Uh, so they, they won't have a building to have free gathering. So they will secretively have a meeting in living room of personal house or sometimes rent a uh, abandoned movie theater mm-hmm. or piano store to have uh, a Sunday gathering. And sometimes it happened uh, when during a sensitive time, for example, 2008, when Olympics happened mm-hmm. in, our, in our country. Um, so the uh, government wants to control even more. Yeah. So they will come mm-hmm. into the meeting and say, uh, you can't have the meeting for next period of time. Mm-hmm. Or you have to break it down to small groups. You can't have bigger gathering like over them 50 people things like that so underground churches definitely or house churches they're taking the risk to um to be faithful to the bible wow yeah, yeah. wow no yeah. thank you for that, that yeah. that's something i've uh, read a lot more about recently and you know just caution always you know, beware what's on the media and um uh, historically states that have run churches nathan that's that's not gone too well, but that's, <laughs> no. that's a story for no. another podcast yeah. uh, for sure. Um, I was wondering, um, because both of you mentioned um, the persecution, Christine, you actually loosely mentioned it when you said, you know, possibly giving up your life for the gospel. And James, you mentioned the persecution that's going on. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about the reality of that, because I think as Americans, we are – we are blinded a lot of times by that. We read it in the papers or we maybe get emails that kind of, you know, touch on, oh, pray for so-and-so because they're over here, they're persecuted, you know. <clears throat> Greg and I have a, had an opportunity to sit down and talk with you guys. And this is a very real possibility of something that could happen to you. Talk to us about that, the um, the fear that comes with that, but also, you know, the excitement that comes with, you know, being able to share the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of my personal story. Uh, I remember second year of college, I became 
uh, you know, very devoted to evangelism and leading small groups on the campus. And I remember uh, all of a sudden I just got a phone call from uh, one of my professors. But in Chinese culture, we respect we respect the authorities. When they call me, they don't have to explain any reason. Mm-hmm. I have to be there eight o'clock in the morning. Have no reason. So um, uh, after I received the call, Holy Spirit already put upon my heart know that something is happening hmm. and that was during a time that our fellowship was growing um so i went into the office and i uh, just remember two uh two two guys uh not wearing any uniform just casual uh one uh, one is like 80 uh 40 years old and the other is like my age uh, just graduate uh, from college, and uh, they approached me and say, "Hey, why, why do we t- uh, why do we take you to a coffee shop?" So we went to a very fancy coffee shop, and they, they ordered a lot of food. Kind of want to build relationship with mm-hmm. me, and started mm-hmm. asking me. First question they asked me is, well, "Why do you think we we approach to you?" Mm-hmm. you know, that took me about. A few a few minutes to to answer that because mm-hmm. I've been searching my mind, you know, what I've done on a campus. The only thing I could think of is because I'm doing something religious mm-hmm. uh, to to them. So I share, you know, um, we've been studying Bible, sharing gospel with other students who who didn't have a chance to hear. Um, basically, what they want from me is to uh, to to uh, inform them what kind of materials materials and uh the teaching we go through mm-hmm. they want to make sure uh the things we're teaching is not against the government so that's the first thing they want to do and second thing is, is they want to know as as many as contacts that i know in, including the uh, local uh, house churches connections mm-hmm. they want they, they want me to like uh, make me some phone calls and get to know these leaders and you will find out a name list for them wow so they want to know everything so I want to use this uh, illustration to kind of explain their intention not necessarily everywhere in China they want to arrest you or uh, physically persecute right away because mm-hmm. they also at the same time they want to uh, count the cost of international influence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they what they do is gather all the information they put the uh, put their nets uh, in the pond so mm-hmm. uh, gather all the fish but mm-hmm. not not necessarily they want to pull the net right away yeah. but whenever they want to they cook They've because they have all the yeah. informations mm-hmm. um, so wow. I think that's what, where um, uh, persecution is at at least in some cities especially the big cities mm-hmm. where international want to uh, kind of window to the international world yeah. they want to be careful uh, what kind of things they, they do but in their inner land or rural area a lot of uh, physical persecution people are uh, threw into jail got beat up just very often too yeah interesting yeah interesting um christina what what do you envision um your life being like as a wife a mother obviously engaged with people yourself but obviously time as your family grows if the lord grows it um you're going to be as so many women a, a more divided woman maybe a little bit less time just uh tell us how you've thought about your role as a wife and mother when you guys are uh, Lord willing, set on the field. Hmm. Um, I'm sure it will be another adventure. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, currently we're traveling around visiting churches and supporters or potential supporters mm-hmm. and um, bring in our um, 
little nine-month-old cutie with us yeah. and trying to figure out what that looks like when the world says um, you need it to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, so I think in the same way, um, we're, we continue to pray as a family when we return to the missions field, we'll just continue to live surrendered and um, really not only doing ministry out of the home, mm-hmm. but going out and being with the people and doing that as a family. Yeah. Um, and Greg, just as much as you already love our daughter, Vera, we yeah. hope that others will too, and that we can bring her out and just grow friendships in that way and invite people, because especially on the college campuses or even in the churches today, not many people are seeing godly families. Agreed. So, yeah, yeah we want to live life with these um with the friends that we will make and continue to build a relationship with and, and show them what it means to be broken and messy um, yeah. and experience Christ and um, the gospel throughout our life and yeah. proclaiming him as much as we can um, because that is how we live our life. Yeah. 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 Love that. Broken, messy. Yeah. We like to talk about those terms yeah. often. We welcome those terms. Yeah. Uh, and it really ties in, James, to what you said earlier. It's interesting how it almost seems to me what what could be an initial burden for a culture that is so um, so meritorious. You know, you get everything by what you earn. Mm. Um, but what a what a freeing thought that is. I mean, that's a freeing thought to me. Yeah. Who that hasn't? You know, th- there is a meritocracy in America too. Right. Yeah, but probably to a lesser extent in terms of its pressure, et cetera. There's a lot of carefree uh, folks in America. I will have been one of them um, that never had grand ambition. <laughs> but the um, the thought of of that being sweet uh, to people like, wow, I, I can be accepted mm. by the God of the universe mm. through no effort of my own. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to me like you're pretty excited to share that message. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we we do see that opportunity. People are very open in their heart to this fresh message. Um, but at the same time, uh, we, we see that, you know, not only it's not about East Asia, that one country. Uh, we want to reach out even more other countries. We, we, we want to turn East Asia as as a country receiving missionary to mm-hmm. a country to actually sending a lot of missionaries. Yeah. So just in past two years, we're seeing uh, we send out more than 1,000 uh, short-term mission trips mm-hmm. just in the last two years uh, throughout East Asia. And uh, another 500, they're cross-culturally to different uh, other countries in the Middle East, including Turkey or, or uh, East, other East Asian country, Japan, and, and, and uh, some other uh, Central Asia Muslim countries. Wow. So we're really excited to see, you know, uh, how East Asian uh, brought uh, this this gospel to other country to show that it's not a culture thing. It's not American yes. religion. It's a universal thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, about one uh, one and a half years ago, we uh, visited our long term Chinese uh, missionary in Turkey. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, they don't like Chick-fil-A or Chipotle. So we brought some chicken, <laughs> some Chinese food, Chinese good. They, they miss, you know, to yeah. bless them. Yeah. But at the same time, I helped them with evangelism, uh, just making contact with Turkish students. And we just feel really welcome there. Yeah. And walking on a bus- very busy street, people want to take selfie with us. You know, wow. There's no way to happen. <laughs> if you guys go to East Asia, people want to take selfie with you guys. <laughs> yes, <right? laughs> yeah. um, but it never happened to us in China and uh 
but we just really feel welcome and uh, very easy to uh, start conversation because we don't have the culture and historical baggage compared to other traditional Western missionaries. Yeah, you had shared that with me earlier. That was fascinating. Never yeah. would have thought about that because yeah. it's uh, right because there is particularly in Muslim cultures we've talked about yeah. the association American Christianity one right. and the same. What a freshness yeah. that you bring. Right. They thought, well, yeah, you should be atheist. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, Christina, for you, this is kind of a, a fun question. Um, differences. I mean, again, people looking in the most limited say, say, well, okay, you're, you're, you're both of Chinese origin, ethnicity, etc. But you are, as you said, ABC, American-born yeah. Chinese. You were born in China. Um Talk us through some of the fun stuff. What what did you learn about each other that was rather different culturally, um, habits, customs, etc.? Hmm. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. what you're doing, Christine. You're thinking, can't, can't share that, can't share that. <laughs> like, what what, so what can I share? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, after we got married, we realized we were strangers. Um, <laughs> and just um, serving on the field and trying to grow in marriage is a big challenge. Yeah. Um, so you can pray for us for that. Absolutely. But God is gracious. Yeah. Even um, just different behaviors or things that we do and just trying to get down to why we do that. You know, the values. Um, maybe big one is even how we deal with conflict. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you guys would agree, but most Westerners or Americans um, will face conflict head on directly, like want to talk about it and solve it. But um, in Asian culture, you try to avoid the conflict Mm -hmm. and go around it. Um, I thought that was male culture. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) Oh, no, no. (laughs) Some are also male and female. So it's hard to differentiate. Um, You guys are very Asian, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Asian points for you. Yeah. What else, James? Yeah. I'm thinking of more like life situation or or fun things. One thing is temperature. You know, we fight about uh, what temperature we want to set in our our living room. Because in the apartment we live in, uh, the country we live in, uh, usually don't have central uh, air system. Mm -hmm. So... uh, yeah, it's very common that I will wear my thick jacket in the living room. You yeah. know, most Americans probably cannot imagine that. <laughs> yeah, um, and, yeah, and, and like um, just the um, Americans trying to us trying to change things around us so it's it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but Asians just changing themselves. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, we want to, yeah, yeah. I think we uh, some somehow we want to surrender to environment or some higher authority mm-hmm. uh, above us, you know. Yeah. But when the authority is bad, the situation is really terrible. Yeah, when the authority right. is good, it's a good thing to right. surrender ourselves to. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 But trying to mm-hmm. take every issue. Oh, another one. Americans love to celebrate things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. um, and I love to celebrate. Yeah. And um, Asians don't really do that oh, so much. Yeah. Um, so trying to see where do we need to compromise or actually let's bring it back to the Bible and see what is most biblical, you know, right. because when you have two cultures, you have that opportunity to, well, it's easy to say like, oh, my way is the best way uh-huh. um, and to have um, pride over that. Um, but we're trying to trying to face each difference with humility and say, um, 
yeah, how what is the most Christ like? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think in terms of culture, sometimes it's you know an interesting thing could happen, uh, like a foreigner living in a foreign land and he would do something, and people would consider it so strange, yeah. and he would say, "No, in our culture, we do that all the time." Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes not. It's just that person, you know. I remember one time, the, actually, the guy uh, shared the gospel with me, uh, uh, just during our Bible study. And all of a sudden, uh, he started the meeting. He, he said, guys, behold. And after five seconds, he just farted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everyone just laughed. And as Chinese, I feel really embarrassed. It's and, a male thing. <laughs> and, and he said... No, it's very normal. It's very, you know, American culture. You know, I don't, I don't have been Amen. to American culture. Amen. So I don't know. But the other, uh, his teammate is also American. Uh, he said, no, that's not American yeah. culture. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when we share you know, the culture, fun things, maybe we want to just speak to ourselves, speak for ourselves, you know, sometimes. Uh, oh. it's, it's more a personal thing, but yeah. we don't, yeah. Cause China, uh, China where you call it East Asia is so big. Yeah. Um, just recently I heard, uh, Dr. Don Carson said something about China. Uh, whatever, whatever you say about China is true somewhere in China. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so big. It's so diverse. And yeah. I grew up in a big city and there's so many places I've never been to in my country. Right. I still get into, you know, know, my country and my culture, but just me married to a foreigner and also working cross-culturally with my other teammates from America. They're also missionaries. I think, um, I really get to know my culture even deeper yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, because we, we really want to live biblically, so we want to kind of compare both of our culture to the Bible, yeah. and to see, oh, that's very clear. You know, um, yeah, we want to do it uh, biblically, not just to a Korean culture, American culture, or Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. So there is really a sh- iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. when uh, missionary from different countries work together. In our situation, our lifetime, you know, story will be like that. Absolutely. Yeah, you're yeah. going to have many more stories to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're learning that it's hard um, yeah. to love people who are different from you, like cross-culture, even as um, anyone locally, like living on mission and reaching out to people different, but that it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. 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 Guys, this has been so great. We are running down on time. Wow. Um, but we want to encourage our audience to make sure that you are um, praying for these two, Absolutely. praying for their family. But even more than that, um, I think sometimes as Christians, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I am all for the power of prayer. I am all for what prayer can do, but I'm also for action. Mm-hmm. And doing something. And so I know that these two would appreciate not just um, your prayers and they would, they would covet them. They would love them, but also financial support. Um, It makes it possible for these two to get back on the field. I know how important um, money is for missionaries. I've been on several mission trips. Joy's been on several mission trips. Her parents are missionaries. Mm -hmm. And so um, for them, this is their life. Um, being able to uh, depend on uh, you know those monthly checks coming in um, and being able to budget like that, and so what we're going to do is we're going to make this um, super easy for everyone out there. We're going to um, provide a link 
um, that James and Christine are going to give us. It's going to be on our Podbean website. Yep. So I'm going to lay it out for you. If you go to podbean.com, go into the search section, type in these go to 11, um, find our icon, our logo, click on that. You will see their um, specific podcast yep. and it will be hyperlinked with their name where you can go and donate. We're going to make it even easier than that. When we post on Facebook, we're going to post that link yeah. so you can click on it on Facebook and we're going to make it even easier on Twitter. When you go to your, our Twitter page and, um, you know, like these go to 11, if you already like these go to 11, um, go ahead and click on the link that we are going to put there. And they didn't know we were doing this. Um, but I know the value, Greg knows the value of people supporting our missionaries. Absolutely. And so, um, please just give financially to this couple. What they are doing is just awesome. And yeah. we want to make sure that they are blessed and taken care of. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, breaks my heart Nathan, when you talk to missionaries that are sheepish of course about support when mm -hmm. this is this is how it works yeah. you know i mean we need uh money to live and that, who doesn't right. every single one of us and uh since there aren't uh companies that are quote unquote hiring missionaries they are sent by the church and we want to do that so mm -hmm. i want to just say to listeners there hey some of you i know you're you're giving you're giving to your local church uh a first and foremost importance uh, and then maybe missionaries beyond that. And, uh, yeah, you might not be the particular individual, uh, other than maybe giving a one-time gift. If you felt so led, mm -hmm. uh, some of you, uh, however, might say, you know what, man, there's something about this couple. I just really felt like I could connect with. And, uh, you know, all the links that we'll have up there will allow you, of course, to find out more about them. You could email us. We can give you more mm -hmm. info. So you could start, uh, I love this man in this day and age with social media. Yeah email, just so many ways to stay connected. Uh, and, and it's so easy. We want to just ask you really just ask mm -hmm. you to pray about it. Um, and see if you might be so uh, inclined to give, I'm very, very excited about this couple and James here at the end, you've given me an idea for another bonus podcast. We need to do, uh, the culture of farting. I'm thinking I, I, I could, I could see that one coming up as a really hot bonus episode. And we could talk about far ding with a, with a D, which I did find out recently is an old fashioned term for women applying makeup. Did you know that? Or fixing herself up her hair. It's called far ding with a, with a D. Maybe we could do like a dual thing, a guy thing and a girl thing. Double podcast. I could see it coming up, man. So James, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. You, might, you might need more microphones though. Right. <laughs> Dude, that was just great. I mean, it's been a great conversation anyway, but I love that as the little bonus comment at the end, man. Um, and man, when I see you guys again, I want I want to freeze your little baby at nine months old. I'm sure she'll be adorable at two and five and ten. But wow, I mean, I wish uh, I could show it to everybody. She's, she's really something. And you guys, thank you. This yeah. has been really, really informative, enjoyable. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. Guys, we just rocked the Casper. Asian style. These go to 11.